So before you listen to your podcast, do something bit different. Yep, listen to the most petty and ill-informed podcast available. It's off the ball. It's on BBC Sounds. From BBC Radio Scotland. Bringing you the biggest names in Scottish rugby. This is quite incredible! Shining a light on the Scottish game. This is the BBC Scotland Rugby Podcast. Right, Tom, the podcast is on the road again. We're at the Orium Performance Centre, the World Rugby's presentation on the, the new guidelines that are getting rolled out around tackle height, around the breakdown, and we've uh, found probably no better man in World Rugby to speak to us about well, it. We have, we have bumped into the leading expert in <laughs> breakdown coaching um, I, I would say, I mean, could you, you, with all the jobs that he's had and all the high profile, can you estimate how much he's worth? I mean, I, I mean like, when we, when we start with five million? Ah, yeah. North of that. Probably. I ah, mean, it's, 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 hard to, it's hard to even, you know, yeah. try to quantify it's not, it. It's, 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 as, 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 as Tommy Tiernan, the comedian, once says, He's, he's got so much money in the bank. The number is—it's not even a number; it's a noise. <laughs> As of course, I wish it was true. I wish it was true. Our, our old pal. Try, try paying for the intellectual property for forty-seven <laughs> bits of training kit. I'm sure everyone <laughs> will recognise the dulcet tones of Gala's own Richie Gray. Richie, how's it going? Boys, I've missed you. Yeah. Genuinely, yeah, genuinely, I've missed you. I've missed my mate Righty. I've missed. I've missed the chart on the long journeys up with Bill Johnston. For Erlston, you don't get, him up you don't, to you Glasgow. Don't, you don't get that level of chat with the Miami Dolphins, do you? No, no, well, no, you don't. And it's funny, even you know, it's funny, guys. Everywhere I work, they don't speak my language. I've been in Afrikaans, I've been French, you know, Fijian. Unbelievable. But listen, I great, uh, just great to be involved, you know. And good to see you pair again. Well, good tell us a bit pair. about uh, you were part of a presentation earlier, all about the tackle height yep. uh, guidelines coming into the, the amateur game initially yep. but it seems to be part of a, a push for the, the wider game yeah. uh, this tackle height stuff you know it's a, it's a, it's a funny story I, I actually wrote I've always loved coaching you know you know that you've been born and bred in it my father coached and, and I've, I'm a teacher I was a physical education teacher never taught straight into Scottish rugby but I always knew that you had to sort of be able to do three things in the world that I want to enter into I want to coach at the highest level I wanted to write all the methodology to go with my coaching and then I wanted to create all the equipment that went with the methodology and nobody else has done it. I think I was the only guy, I think I was the first ever official breakdown coach on the planet because Heineke Mayer had the, the guts to bring a guy from Gala Shields <laughs> to coach the Springboks for three and a half years. So you maybe thank him. But it's funny, you talk about the breakdown, you know, we're actually trying to prevent going to a breakdown and I always yeah. say that to everybody I remember Pierre Vilpru who's a legendary old French coach once said to me he said Rich, Rich the breakdown is a failure it is a failure you know and he's right it is a failure the first and foremost you want to keep the ball alive but our sport now because of shape size systems of development I always said there'd be more tackles which there is if you look over the last 10 years the number of tackles per game now has gone through the roof there's more breakdowns per game because systems are well organised. There's only more contacts. Do we train it enough, right? And the answer actually is no, we don't, you know. And at the top level, and I've, I could write the book on this when I first went to international rugby, I remember I was told by somebody, we don't train it, it's just a mindset. 
right? Which mm. you can agree with. There is a mindset behind it. You've got to be, you know, mentally ready to go. But if you don't train specific techniques, especially under fatigue, over and over again, and especially ones that are a massive challenge to our sport, tackle, breakdown, attack and defence, you've got to make sure that we've got the best methodology out there for coaches worldwide and players to use. You're working here with World Rugby um, and the work we're seeing here and hopefully it'll get rolled out everywhere. It, to, in its simplest form, it's to make that tackle area safer, um, better technique, mm. because the game, doing nothing is not an option anymore. Doing, doing nothing is not an option, Tom. You're spot on. And I always talk about, you know, I've been in this game for a long time now and it's funny, maybe you were ahead of the game because I knew it was going to come to this about... 12, 13 years ago when I first started developing training equipment, 2009 into 2010, and then the methodology, and I can still remember going into a club with, uh, remember the Collision King sled I first created, I was laughed out of the club, right, we'll never use that, it's an, you know, we go live on a Wednesday for an hour, we've always done that, right, I met that coach about four or five years ago, who's now a good friend of mine, and he just said, oh man, he said, I found out by losing my job, that the best way to keep your job is that all your players are fit and healthy on a Saturday, you know, and it's the truth. So we're actually, we weren't good. Let's be brutally honest about it. Even the way I coached 25 years ago, I look back to my father's era, the way they were coached, we weren't doing it the correct way, but we didn't know any different, and that's the old classic. We thought we were doing a great job going 45, 50 minutes live on a Tuesday, on a Thursday, knocking 10 bells out each other, that was a good session, you know? And you just can't do that anymore, it's wrong. And we now understand that, so there's no excuses. The, the game of rugby obviously has changed beyond, you know, anywhere we thought would be 15, 20 years ago, went professional, everything that that brings to it. So we've got to make sure that when players cross the line, that they're going in an environment that actually, and I don't talk about it much, safe and the, the safety and the health, but I always talk about performance, Tom. Mm -hmm. If I can make my players perform better, I know that they're going to be safer. Mm -hmm. So I only ever talk about performance. That's the key for me. I want my players to be outstanding performers, especially under fatigue, in the areas of tackle and breakdown work that bring around the most challenges in our sport. We're going to hear from a couple of Scotland internationals, Jamie Ritchie and Francesca McGee, on this stuff. But let's talk about Glasgow, Tom. It was quite the performance down in Linethley against the Scarlets in the second half, at least. First half, I was looking at that, a little bit worried about what was going on there. Yeah, but you know what? I was really happy. I was actually happy, but certainly happy when they won the game. Happy that they were tested. Yeah. You know, they were put up against the wall. Um, it's alright lads this is, a, this is a major occasion major semi-final your first European semi-final what have you got so they were tested and they came up with all the right answers so I think you know some of the games say the Munster game at Thomas Park magnificent attacking rugby that was different it, there was some tremendous attacking rugby for a finish but it was really about guts digging it out solving problems on the hoof that's what they did and I thought that's another kind of string to their bow. I thought it was very impressive. Yeah, they did it brilliantly in that second half. And Richie, I know you are kind of admiring from afar these days, spending so much time in, in the French game, but you must be full of admiration for what Glasgow are doing this season. Yeah, I am. You know, I, you know, 
you're always following world rugby and I think because you've coached all over the, the planet you're always linking back to I always watch the South African scores I'm, I'm looking at the Scottish scores I'm looking at the English Premiership you, you know what's going on in the game I know players, I know coaches I know who's going where it's just that's your job you know uh, I think Franco Smith's done a great job in Glasgow because he started, it wasn't easy to begin with and you could see the old classic, you know, where's this going to go? But I'll tell you what, and I know Franco well, I was in South Africa for three years, as you know, he was down with the Cheetahs then, coaching down in Bloemfontein. Wherever he's gone, he's always made a difference, you know. Did a great job in Italy, uh, then I think went back to South Africa, has come to Glasgow and has got a team. I think they're fit, I think they're very physical, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see the way they train. I would think, you know, we've just talked about it. I would think there will be some pretty hard sessions that they go through because they just they look battle ready to me. And they're also playing great attack in rugby. You know, they're a good team to watch. And you know, guys, as well as I do, confidence is like, uh, in some ways, it's, it's, it just keeps multiplying. Mm. Now, the classic is for both of us, I'm talking Toulon and Glasgow here, we're both coming into two weeks worth of pretty tough games you know before this challenge cup final <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll just clarify for <clears throat> the yeah. listeners you're working with Toulon oh, at the moment yeah. so I've been with Toulon all season uh, I was with Leon last year funnily enough we won it last year with Leon, beating Toulon and then myself and Pierre Mignone uh, moved to Toulon in the summer Pierre's yeah. obviously do you, have, do you have any loyalty do you, do you, <laughs> around, you know what I do not, ju- not just Tom. rugby clubs but sports <laughs> I, have, I have integrity so I always go with my coach and it's you know, it was the same with Vern. You know, wherever Vern went, yeah. you know, Vern always used to ask me, "Do you fancy coming along?" And say, "Yep." You know, I've always been like that. And then when Vern stepped down from Fiji, the first thing I did, although you'd maybe like to have stayed, but he invited me there, so you stepped down. And that's I've always done that. You know, if my head coach goes, Heineken was the same. I could have stayed in South Africa. You move on. Uh, I just think it's an important thing to do. So when Pierre gave me my job in Lyon, with a great year. Won the, won the Challenge Cup last year, first time since 1933 with Leon. What a result that was against Toulon. And then Pierre decides to go back to his home club uh, and ask me if I'd come down. So obviously I was always going to say yes. So, so Toulon, you were talking about <clears throat> that Glasgow and Toulon, they've, well, got, they've got a challenging we've got, yeah, preparation. We've, we've got a couple of tough weeks, both of us. You know, And Glasgow are going to hope that they play Munster and Leinster and then go to the Challenge Cup. We're hoping, we know, we're going to play La Rochelle. Uh, you're not going to get much tougher than that and then we go to Racing away so we've got two huge weekends and if you've seen the uh, French League there's about three or four points separate fourth from about eighth I think it's just this year's been brutal you know so both teams have got those challenges to get through so I can guarantee you I'm I'm going to say to you now there'll be no thought of Challenge Cup until pretty much the Monday after we play Racing you know, that's as, it's as simple as that. You know, and I think we play Racing on a Sunday. I think we play them on a Sunday night into a Friday night game. Yes. So for those that aren't following the French game as closely as yeah. uh, certainly you, um, what can Glasgow fans expect from Toulon? What sort of final can we expect? You know what? I've said this a number of times, and I've, I'm very lucky. I've been in a number of finals, and you've been in playoffs and whatever. I just I just hope both teams arrive there fully loaded. I really do, because if both teams arrive with all their best players available and ready to go, it'll be a cracking game of rugby, because it's both teams that play in quite a similar style. You know, Glasgow like to attack. They've got a very, 
I would say, dynamic group of players that can, you know, play at good tempo. Very similar in some ways to the way Scotland attack. Most of the Scottish players are playing for Glasgow and a few British Lions to add. We've got players as well that love to play on the front foot. So if you put that together, it should be it should be a good final, well, you know. Well, you look at you look at some of your players. I mean, Colby, yep. Vinicolo, yep. Villiers, Bigger, yep. Olivon. Parise, Parise yeah, still Parise playing, still going, still doing, <laughs> still going. What age is Parise? Jeez, he must be hitting about thirty-eight now, uh, maybe even a little bit older. And if you watched him play against Benetton, which mm. was always going to be a huge game for him because that was his first club, you know, he set up a first try with a little grubber kick through. And you know what? Maybe it's just the beauty of the game now, isn't it? You know, players now can do a lot of different skills. You know, and those players are the box office guys, aren't they? And listen, Glasgow have got a few as well. You know, don't let's not kid ourselves on. There's some blooming good players in that side, and it's an international team. So you've got an international team from Toulon, pretty much. You've got an international team from Glasgow. So you know, you're hoping it's going to be a cracking final. Given that Toulon have won the Champions Cup, they've you know they've been yeah. to the top there a few years it, ago. It's a few years ago, yeah, yeah but they've done it. Yeah. Um, is the Challenge Cup seen as a kind of, a, not an afterthought, but a lesser thing because of the heights they have reached in Europe? I think, and this is, this is only my opinion, it's been so long uh, you know, since Toulon has kind of had any silverware that sometimes you're in like now a new era. Mm. You know, in that old era, it was the kind of Galacticos and it was the Habanas and the Bacchis, Botas and the Lobbies. And it was a phenomenal group of players right. and they... Won European Cup, they won the top 14. But you've got to remember, and, the, and I learned this over seven years of coaching in France, the top 14 is still iconic. It's the, the Bouclier de Brennus, that shield means everything to French players and everybody that's involved in the clubs. So there's a huge eye on that, but at the end of the day, we'll be the same as Glasgow. You're in a final both teams will want to win it, you know? Because both teams actually want to get a bit of silverware again. Glasgow needs some, and, and so did Toulon. So we're actually very evenly matched, you know, I think. And there's another huge game for Glasgow coming up this weekend. We will return to that, but let's chat to a few folk that are involved in this World Rugby event today on Tackle Height and Breakdown Play. You're listening to the BBC Scotland Rugby Podcast. So, Jamie, uh, you've just been watching the, the presentation about the new tackle height that's getting rolled out. We've watched a few demonstrations in the Orion pitch here. Have you learned anything that you didn't know already? Oh, uh, yeah, well, I think it's more in and around the, the launch of the campaigns from World Rugby and around the um, breakdown ready and tackle ready for that they're rolling out across the board so that kind of people who aren't necessarily in the, the most privileged position as us to get coached by world-class coaches and really experienced coaches that... Um, they've got the kind of tools to be able to help them learn techniques that are going to keep other people safe and ultimately themselves safe. You look at the data that World Rugby have done, Jamie, 74% of, of concussions happen in the tackle area. That's, that's an area you spend a lot of your professional life in. Um, this must be, this is obviously very, very important, not just to the community game, professional game, you will have known players who've probably retired through concussion, this is this has got to change, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's part of the game that I think need, there needs to be a focus on making sure that we mitigate as much risk as possible. Like we know that rugby is a physical collision sport that sometimes things just happen. Um, but if we can mitigate as much of that risk as we can, then it's going to leave the game in a better place, both safer for us as professionals and safer for for the community. Does it almost? 
require a tackle technique to maybe go back to a more traditional rugby union. We've seen the influence of league come into the game over the past decade in terms of high tackles and double double tackles in order to kind of mitigate against offloads and things like that. Is it almost kind of going back to basics a little bit Should uh, when the time comes for this to be rolled out in the professional game? Oh, it's hard. Again, it's hard to say because I think often when you when things go wrong, it's probably because of a lack of technique rather than intent. Um, so either someone's with a late change of height and things like that, it, it becomes very difficult. I think certainly at the grassroots level, if you get that in early, then if you get that technique working early, then later down the line, you'll probably see the carry-on effect from people being able to do it better, um, which will hopefully then make it safer. So when that comes into the elite level, it should happen a little bit more naturally if you get it in right at the very start. Do, do, you, do you feel safe? Like, what do your family think? Your young family, you feel safe out there? I feel safe because I'm confident in my kind of ability and my awareness of, of what I'm doing. Like, obviously, there's, there's things that are unavoidable, things that happen. Um, and, like, I've, I've experienced that as a player. Like, for example, before the last World Cup when we played Georgia, uh, I got head head to the face and, and broke my cheek and, and it nearly made me miss the, the World Cup. But these are things that are accidents that happen in the game that we play. Um, but yes, personally, I feel safe out there, and I think that's also to do with the fact that there's so much kind of emphasis on on player welfare. Like, yes, it can be better, but like I think if that's the direction it's heading, then yeah, like you have to feel safe. Because if I didn't feel safe, I wouldn't do it. In these days of big hits and uh, melting each other, as Tom put it, uh, rest becomes very important. I know you would much rather be still playing in your season with Edinburgh, still be alive, but now that it's obviously come to an end, how do you kind of reflect on it as a whole? Yeah, I think it's it's just a really mixed season. I think obviously results aside, I think a lot of the games that we played were probably kind of mirror images of our season. We're like we were in there for a lot of it potentially the better team for, for parts of the game and then kind of just fell away um, which seemed to be the kind of the story of our season there were some games where we were we were great like obviously we beat Saracens at home had ran them really close away from home beat Cast home and away um, we had some great results in there but just couldn't quite string the whole thing together um, which is kind of how it, it felt on a whole but um, look it's great to get some downtime now before hopefully um heading off to, to World Cup pre-season. You'll have, um, you'll have a new coach at Edinburgh. Um, and you look at, you're right, you look at some of those Edinburgh games. I'm thinking the Munster game at home. I'm thinking a lot of games, actually, yeah. where you would put yourselves in a really good position. Um, what was that? Was that just a lack of confidence, a lack of foot? What, what went wrong? Because there was a numerous games, numerous games where you just kind of seemed to leave it behind you. Well, if I knew, we probably wouldn't have done it in the end. Um, I think even in the, the Ulster game just before the, well, our last game of the season, I think it was probably some of the best rugby we'd played. Um, and in that, that first half um, and the start of the second half, like we were right in that game. And then the kind of tide just turned and there's just little moments in games, which is, is the difference at this level, that the margins are so small that sometimes it looks way bigger when 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 the scoreline shows the, the end result and I think for us we are not we're not 100 miles away from being a really good team like you look at us on paper we've got some extremely talented individuals and we've we've had some good performances we've just 
not quite made that final step and I think that like whoever comes in that's that's the ch- that's their challenge but you see uh, you see what Glasgow are doing and obviously it's a really exciting end to the season I mean how do you feel watching them go you've got a lot of mates in that team who I'm sure you're delighted for but is there also a bit of well you know that could have been us if we'd just got a few of those games the right, come out the right side of the result well I've got my Scottish rugby kit on today so I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm delighted for them all uh, nah it's good like, you want the boys to be doing well and they'll be full of confidence and the ones they're all playing well and it's what you want to see you want to see Scottish rugby being successful and um, yeah it's great for them that they're in the, the final of the Challenge Cup and of course they've got the playoffs of um, the URC to come so that we'll be supporting them uh, I certainly will be I don't know about all the Edinburgh boys <laughs> but um, look yeah they're doing really well and it's and it's good for us coming into World Cup prep because these guys are playing in playoff rugby and, and getting some really good experience the, the more Scotland players going into the World Cup camp whenever you come back in uh the better for you you're the captain you want everyone coming in with a bit of a smile on their face and a spring in their step because there's big months coming up ahead for you yeah definitely and I think like when the kind of selection comes out um, if we all make it we'll be we'll all be we'll be buzzing for the guys who are coming in with a bit of confidence and having come off some great form for club and uh, that's certainly what we'll be doing because like, we're taking a lot of confidence from our Six Nations performance and there are a lot of great individual performances during that as well so like, we're, we feel like we're in a good place and if, and if Glasgow keep moving well that energy will come into camp I love how as Scotland captain you say if I make the squad yeah. <laughs> but, but, like, but it is it's like a precarious existence professional elite professional player you see Johnny Gray um we don't know how he is, we wish him well, but it looked a bad injury, um, we crossed our fingers for him, but it's, you're on a knife, you know, the game that you play, anything can happen once you get out there. Yeah, and we're all quite superstitious as well, so you never really want to talk anything into existence. <laughs> um, but yeah, you just, you just don't know, and, you, and we spend our lives, and our partners probably hate, this is probably the worst part of their lives for them, is that we just don't know what's going to come in the next month, let alone the next six so for us at the moment, you're you live pretty much week to week, just depending on how your body's feeling. So, not too much golf. Much keep keep well, trying to get better. <laughs> the, the golf, the golf wrecks the head, not the body. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Well, listen, keep yourself fit and healthy, and it's uh, going to be an exciting few months ahead. So, uh, good luck with it. We'll catch nice up with you soon. You're listening to the BBC Scotland Rugby Podcast. Well, delighted to be joined, and it's very timely, uh, by Francesca McGee. <laughs> Scotland International scored a memorable try at the weekend as Scotland beat Ireland in the Women's Six Nations. Have you come down off cloud nine yet, Francesca? Uh, not really, no. <laughs> um, it was an amazing experience, and just, you know, I'll uh, be thinking about that for a very long time, so yeah. <laughs> it was an amazing try. I mean, when did you feel like it was opening up and there was space round about you? Um <laughs> I didn't really. <laughs> I just sort of found myself on the line. I was totally just spaced out. I didn't know what was happening, and then it, it, it was a try. So yeah, in the zone, I think they call it. Yeah. Well, it was it was a lovely move. I mean, I don't know if it was planned, but out the back, out the back again. You go wide, and it looked like when you got the ball in your hands, Francesca. You looked so happy. You know, when you cut in and cut in again, you've done the winger. You've you've done the fullback. You look like the happiest person in the world. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> Still feeling like that, so yeah, it was amazing. Because, you I mean, you've, in, in the games before, you obviously played in all of them as uh, your debut season. Did you get much ball in hand? Did you have many opportunities as a, as a winger in, in open country, as they say? 
Um, not so much in you know like open play, but I'm just happy to get even just a touch of the ball in any of these games. So yeah. <laughs> well, now, now that they can see, well, they know what you could do. Now that you've done it in, yeah. in, in a test match, they'll probably give you a bit more ball. <laughs> probably not a bad idea. Is it? <laughs> I'd take anything. <laughs> How good was it though to finish the championship in that style? Because it was it was a tough opening, England and France away from home difficult for any team in the world kind of heartbreaker against Wales again but to finish with these two wins how much does it mean to you guys yeah no it it was it was certainly a tough opening um but getting those two wins was really an amazing feeling and I think um you know we say that we deserve it but we really did we worked so hard um in those two weeks and you know coming off that loss in France but we just switched on back into training and just yeah it paid off it's 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 a strange career path that you've gone you've gone from a dancer to an international rugby player um do you miss the dancing or you ever go back to that or is it rugby all the way now um it's certainly a strange switch (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, like one spectrum one side of the one end of the spectrum to the other but um no so you know Dance was a great part of my life for quite a long, a long time. But you know, rugby, rugby now, yeah. Yeah. Well, after after days like the weekend, an atmosphere as well. Yeah. The atmosphere looked looked pretty special there. It was very special, and you know, having a um, the highest amount of uh, fans at the game that was also incredible. It just added to the whole experience, yeah. And it gives you something to build on going forward because of this long run 12 games you just couldn't get a win a lot of heartbreaking losses in there but I'm guessing it just gives everyone that bit of belief now that you've the team has turned a corner and they can go and compete now yeah no I think it'll be really exciting to see where this team goes next so yeah and see what we can do well listen we all loved watching you go over for that try on the weekend I think we'll be watching replays of that for for some time to come well, you know as an Irish speaking as an Irish person although I did watch it again this morning Francesco because I knew we'd be talking to you and even speaking as an Irish person, it was a special try. Well done. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> You're listening to the BBC Scotland Rugby Podcast. Right then, Saturday night, Scotstone Stadium, URC quarter-final, Tom, Glasgow Warriors versus your mm. beloved Munster. What an occasion that promises to be. Are you from yeah. Ireland, Tom? <laughs> oh, would you believe oh, it? I'm, I'm, I'm not, I thought you were Scottish. No, no, I'm not from Ireland. I'm from Limerick. Limerick, that is different. Let's, let's be accurate about I'm them. not from Scotland. Yeah. I'm from Gala. Yeah, 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 yeah that's quite right. It's different. Yeah. It's just, it's absolutely different. as we say in 2-1. We are different. <laughs> it's, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you know, Munster, people think of Munster as kind of one of the biggest clubs in Europe. Yeah. Uh, serial trophy winners. Long time ago, eleven years, twelve years since since Munster won a trophy, they are desperate to win something. They are sick to their back teeth of watching Leinster win everything. That used to be Munster, and Munster used to take the Mickey out of Leinster because Leinster were seen as flamboyant flyby nights. They didn't have the the heart, the bottle to get the job done. Uh, it's kind of changed. It's kind of changed a bit. And Glasgow are on an, an almighty high. Um, last time they played these two teams wasn't that long ago. Glasgow put in the most stunning first half performance in Tom Park of all places. Um, 38-26, they won in the end. Four tries in the first half for Glasgow. Sensational performance. Like, sensational. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I, like, you know, Glasgow are competing on two fronts. It's the URC, but it's also the Challenge Cup. Yeah, I hope they don't get distracted. Glasgow 
have one thing and one thing only on their minds. This is the last shot for this season. Last shot for a lot of those players, I would say. It's going to be interesting. It's, it's interesting when you get to this stage of the season, Richie, and Glasgow have built this fantastic momentum, but you're also... The injuries maybe start catching up with you, but does the, the pure adrenaline of being on a run like this, been at the final stages of these competitions, just see you through? You know, it's funny, Berkey, just to ask, answer that question. First, their actual strength and depth in Glasgow has been, is excellent, and that's a massive thing that you know Franco's done really well, is he's brought in players. There's some names that aren't playing at the moment that you think, gee, yeah. you know, what's going on here? And that shows mass competition for places, so... That's a massive strength. If you've got depth, it's great. But I think, uh, you know, when you look... I'm just looking at the park and you look at your Batties, Turners, Fagersons, Cummings, Gray, Darge, and then you've got Dempsey, who's come on to a phenomenal game. You know, I, I didn't see a lot of him really last year. And then all of a sudden, in this last sort of four or five weeks, he's playing well. So you've got some good players there. Uh, you know, it's the old classic, isn't it? What do you, What's important? Well, every game's important. You know, we always, we always kind of say that, that... You can't take your eye off the game that's coming up next, and because and Tom was right in saying they actually played well against Munster the last time at Munster. There's not many teams go there yeah. and do that, so you know they've they've got that, and they will be looking forward to this. I, do you know, a doubt, do you know, know what I found really interesting? And this would come purely, even though it didn't come via to me via Franco Smith, but it's the it's the kind of the kind of mindset of Franco Smith. Talking to a couple of the Glasgow players after the Munster game. And I'm saying, wow, that was cosmic, mm. particularly first half, cosmic. And they said, yeah, yeah, but, you know, possession-wise, territory-wise, Munster were well on top. They were on our line an awful lot. We made nearly 200 tackles. Mm. We defended brilliantly, but they had a load of chances to score. And it was like, OK, calm mm. down. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we've won a big win. Let's calm yeah. it down here. Yeah, nobody's carried away. Nobody's also, carried away. I tell you, Tom, as a, as a defence coach, if you've made 200 tackles, it's actually in the bank. And you know you can do it again. Mm. And it's actually a massive thing that, although you don't want to be making 200 tackles and defending <laughs> like that, but to know that you can do it is actually a huge thing and, in your group. And Darge made 20. Darge, Darge yeah. out injured for most of the season. Yeah. Comes back in, hits the ground running yeah. just in the most spectacular oh, way. This like, kid is yeah. unreal. He's a good player. Yeah, excellent player. Relentless. Mm. Gets into really good shapes. Uh, you know, very, very strong over the ball. Yeah, good kid. That win away to Munster, as big as it was for Glasgow, and you could say maybe that's a psychological blow, but it was a bit of a turning point for Munster's season as well because they've gone on a, a decent yeah, run yeah. since then, won away to the Stormers, and some little signs there that they are going to be very dangerous. They won. They won against. Uh, they won away to the, against the Stormers, as you say. Um, they should have beaten the Sharks. They were. You know, they were actually losing 22 points to three, Munster, but they came back and they probably should have won the game. So that is that is a good way to finish their season. They're, so they're coming back in now after those two performances in South Africa, probably feeling a bit upbeat. Mm. Um, uh, it's just, I think the whole the whole thing is, is it's set up beautifully. There's, there's no love lost, put it that way, <laughs> between these two clubs, between some of the players on both sides. And Wilson, yeah. Ryan Wilson, there's a lot of edge. There's a lot of history there. Um, not just between Glasgow and Munster, between Ireland and Scotland. It's spilled over into the national scene as well. So if there was a couple of uh, 
old-fashioned coming together on the pitch, Richie. I would not be surprised. Well, you know what? Emotion's an incredible thing as well. And, you know, you yeah. talk about Ryan and, you know, I coached Ryan for a couple of years. I was in Scotland, you know, just a great character. Yeah. And I'm, I am sure, and I know I will be sure on this, that there will be a huge amount of the players within that dressing room wanting to make sure that he leaves with something, you know. Uh, and he's a competitor and he's also a character and the game needs them and there's not enough of them. Because, you know, it's rather robotic sometimes when you you guys know all the time when you're doing your media briefings and stuff and it's the same old stuff. You want somebody that's got Aww. a bit about them. And, and Ryan has, you know. So, you know, the old emotion... You never know, it can be a powerful thing if it's harnessed properly. Nobody's ever accused you of being robotic, Richie. <laughs> no, no, it's maybe got me into a bit of trouble now and again, to be honest, but you've got to be yourself, you know, you can only be yourself, so I'm not going to change. Well, great to catch up with brilliant you. Boys, brilliant yeah. work, I can still remember coaching you. What a job I did. Outside <laughs> centre, at Scottish under-16s, Tom. Was any, any, he was actually a good little player, good wee player. Don't, it, it, I, Richie, don't, don't say that. He's yeah. constantly, yeah. Listen, he'd be telling me... A good little bit of movement. I, you know, I, was, I was just cut off from my prime I would have been world class no listen it was coaching me that made Richie decide we need to work on this breakdown and tackle area because yeah. the Scottish I'll game's in bad do, shape I'll put it Berkey, I'm, I'm, whole I'm, life. I'm surprised you're still involved in rugby you haven't coached him <laughs> exactly that's why I went to South Africa <laughs> great to talk to you Richie catch up with you soon Pleasure. we will have live commentary of Glasgow versus Munster URC quarter final on Saturday night on Radio Scotland do join us then You're listening to the BBC Scotland Rugby Podcast. A reminder, Behind the Goals with me, Rachel Corsey and Leanne Crichton is now available every Tuesday. Make sure you tune in every week for all things women's football and plenty of special guests. Just search Behind the Goals on BBC Sounds.